How would you like to hear a do or die story with an entrepreneur who built her business from about 99% word of mouth? Sound good? Okay, well, my guest today is Aaron Blackwell. Now, funny story is that, uh, okay, so before I go into who Aaron is, um, back in September last year, I was at uh, Offermind and I was at, um, I was at this waffle joint. Um, I've got it's called Boise Waffles or something like that. And um, I remember I was just talking to a bunch of people and uh, about five minutes into the conversation, probably about three people said, oh, sorry, I gotta, I'm so sorry, I have to leave right now. Um, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't got a photography appointment. And um, I was like, okay, fair enough. And that kept happening. It kept some, everyone kept saying, sorry, I gotta leave in the middle of the conversation. I've got a photography appointment. And I thought I was getting stood up, <laughs> like a lame excuse. Like I don't wanna leave the conversation. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. But um, it turns out that that famous photographer is Aaron. And uh, a lot of people from the ClickFunnels community, when they hit Boise, they, they go to Erin. Um, and she has her own winning portrait photography company. Um, and she also teaches a little bit on the side um, how someone can take better photos um, for themselves. But her, her bread and butter is uh, really getting that good personal branding photography, um, capturing who they are. Um, but on today's podcast, uh, it's really about Erin's story and it's really interesting because um, she always had an inkling for some sort of creative business, had no business experience, hadn't gone to college and um, there's definitely a lot of ups and downs um, in terms of getting it done, moving to a new city, uh, a few sort of like what WTF moments, what am I doing, um, we're going through the whole roller coaster here. Really pay attention to... Um, Erin's desire for wanting to, to do this and um, how she's able to persevere throughout the story. Um, it is it's really, really interesting to hear um, the ups and the downs of her story. And so without further ado, here's my conversation today with Erin Blackwell. Um, I, I won't share the screen um, with all the questions because it's far too distracting. Um, okay. But yeah, I would love it if you could uh, take me back to a time where, you know, point of high drama, for instance, um, let's just say maybe before you started thinking of photography or when you were just starting to do photography and it just, it just wasn't working. So um, I would love to hear that situation. Um, I actually started because I had three kids age five and under. My husband lost his job and we had to move into my parents' basement apartment and I was like... I want to do something to help, but I don't want to leave my kids. And so I just decided to try photography. I had never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I just looking back, I was just super naive. And I think that helped me just go for it because I really had everything stacked against me. I feel like. <laughs> so what was that real calling to what, you know, wanting to start photography? Um, I think I just felt desperate. Like I just felt like I didn't have a college degree. I had little kids and I was like, what can I do? And, I, and that was photography was always something that I wanted to learn in the future. But I, for some reason just thought maybe I'll just start a photography business. I don't know. I don't know why I even thought that it just popped in my head and I kind of just went with it. Yeah. And, um, and you wanted to say, do you wanted to explore this and you also wanted to um, help provide for your family as well. Cause you had a, three kids and stuff, right? Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you're, you're, you've got this idea in your head. I want to become, I want to start this, um, this photography business. Where, where was that sort of, um, that was like an external desire. Was there some sort of desire that internally, you know, maybe you wanted to express yourself more creatively or it was just some brain fart that you just thought, I want to pursue this. No, I think that too. I, I, I've always been a creative person and I think I, you know, at the same time I was all of a sudden a mom with three kids staying home and I was like, I have nothing, no creative outlet for myself. Like, so I kind of wanted to marry the creative side and make money at the same time to help my family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, was it, I, I just want to go back to me. If it's okay, if I can be a little bit honest, um, you mentioned that you said you had, you didn't have a, a college degree at that point. Um, and you wanted to start this photography business. Were you trying to maybe stick it to some family members as well who maybe had some doubts about you? I, I don't think so. I think it was more for me. It was more for me personally. I think I kind of felt because of how I was raised, you know, you go to degree. I think I felt kind of like a failure because I didn't do that. And so it was almost like I wanted to prove to myself that I could still be successful mm -hmm. and enjoy doing something that brought in money. And I think that really is what has driven me. This is my 10th year in business. Like, I think that's what's kept me going is like kind of sticking it to myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. So this real motivation was from inside when to prove yourself um, because of the family and because of college. And um, it was this real creative pursuit you wanted to do. That's great. Yeah. 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 So um I want to hear like the first few years or so, there's going to be a lot of experimentation and um, mistakes made. And like, what, what did that look like? Yeah. Like I said, I had no experience and I didn't really know what I was doing. So it was a lot of trial and error. Um, a lot of mistakes made a lot of money spent that I probably didn't need to spend. I started shooting in a very small room in my, I, we lived with my parents. So it was a room in my parents' house and all I shot for, in the beginning with boudoir, which I don't know if you guys have that out there. It's like sexy photos kind of. <laughs> oh, um, did you say bourgeois? Boudoir. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, like sexy photos. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's what I took. That's all I shot like for the first two years. Um, yeah, I know it's so weird compared to what I shot now, but uh, yeah, I just, um, I had no money. We had no money. And so I, when, whenever I would make a little bit for my business, I would immediately just put it back into like learning or buying gear. Cause I had to buy like a super janky used. I just didn't have the resources. And I think that kind of, it helped in a way, but it also held me back from reaching my full potential because I couldn't afford the things that I should have purchased up front. Yeah. And, um, all these, all these little, little failures and stuff, um, what was that making you feel like on the inside? Oh, there's so many times I wanted to quit. Um, I just felt like I, I can't, you know, it was afterwards. I would feel like, you know, maybe I can't do this. Maybe this isn't for me, but I felt like I had the eye for it. So I think that kept me going. It was like, I obviously have something here. Um, but I just needed to get better about not not feeling like I was going to quit every time I hit a roadblock, I think. <laughs> yeah. So was it, was that like after every project that you were feeling this way or was it, can you maybe take me back to a particular project where you were just 
really doubting and had these, this, these fears inside your head? Yeah, sure. I think, um, I think I had a lot of great projects and a lot of great clients, but there were, of course, in the beginning, since I was just starting out, there were people that I think, um, wanted more from me and I just wasn't able to provide that for them at that point in my career. And so I think that, you know, of course made me feel, I'd, I had tons of self doubt, like I said, and I'd be like, is this something I can really do? Um, I had a lot of people, even though I didn't charge back then, I had a lot of people say I charged too much and that was super discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just like maybe I'm not worth it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that was a, a frequent occurrence that was happening. Um, I don't, I don't think it was too frequent cause I kept yeah. going. Yeah. Um, if it would have been all the time, I probably would have quit, but it happened. I mean, and even over the past 10 years, it still happens. I'll still get people that aren't necessarily my ideal client and it's maybe not the best fit. And so it's, you know, it always causes me to kind of pull back and reflect on what I could have done better and how I can change going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I want you to, um, you, you mentioned just before that, you made like a little bit of money and what you're reinvesting in yourself. Um, you had your partner as well. Was, was he really supportive along the way as well? Um, helping you get, get, through it um, I think in the beginning, my husband was maybe a little doubtful just because we had zero money and we had yep. three kids. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot to play with to make mistakes, but as he saw uh, my talent emerging, he became probably my biggest supporter and he still is to this day. Anytime I feel like he's the one that's like, no way, this is your thing. You're so good at it. You can't quit. (laughs) Well, that's actually really interesting. A little insight you told me there. Um, He wasn't on board at the start, but he slowly started to get these little wins. And then um, he, so I'm going to imagine that maybe you had these thoughts, like you were telling me before, these doubts, these failures um, after these failures. And he's your cheerleader being like, and your coach think making you rethink, you don't need to start right now. Yeah. He still does it. Like even to this day, sometimes I'll just have a bad shoot or feel bad. And, and he's always making me feel better. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to go to that part where you mentioned, uh, you know, some clients were saying you've charged too much. Um, is this, is this the right sort of the fit this is the right fit for me? How many years was this going on for? Oh gosh. I mean, off and on for probably, I'd say the first like five years of my business, um, where I tried to find that ground of clients that would pay what I felt I was worth and actually charging that (laughs) well to charge what I thought I was worth and finding the people to pay it. Yeah. And, um, can you, can you specifically remember a time where, you, you, it's five years. That's a long time. I, I was hoping you could take me to a time where maybe it was in your car, you're in the shower walking with a friend or something. And, um, you realized that something had to change. Yes, I can very specifically remember. So I had a shoot and a woman brought her, her boyfriend to view the photos and make the purchase. And he was so angry at my prices that he was actually like extremely rude to me and 
when they left, I was in tears and I was like this, I knew at that point, I knew I was good enough to charge what I was charging. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't be spoken to like that. It just, it was the worst experience. I'll never forget it. Um, and that's when I decided like something about what I'm attracting is not right. Like I'm not attracting my ideal client and I totally revamped my business and it's been much better since then. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's a very interesting point. So is that one particular client just what, what sort of, uh, if, if you don't mind me asking what category of uh, business was that person in? What did he do? He, yeah. <laughs> he owned a pawn shop. <laughs> Like a, like a secondhand store. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Yep. So penny pusher, something like it, yep. it sounds like it's inherent in, in their nature of their business. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> what do you expect? Um, I know right. I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you, you had to redo everything, you know, your customer avatar, your, your messaging, everything else like yeah. that. That, that was your big epiphany moment right then after that moment, uh, after that yeah. sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So Yep. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just knew that it was really, it was like a tipping point. I was like, something has to change. I'm never, I'm not doing this again. Like I won't let anyone make me feel like that again. And so I really did. I just, I changed pretty much everything about my business and the way I dealt with the client from beginning to end. Okay. And was that that night you had a dream you, or you woke up or were you a bit <laughs> sad for the whole week and then you kind of realized it? I was sad and angry for the whole week. I, I remember being like de equal parts depressed and mad at myself for letting that it get to that point. And so I think I got just mad enough that I was like, that was it. I was like, I am done. This has to change. And that's, I, I really remember that whole week, just like sitting down and like writing out how I wanted my business to be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So it is this back and forth. It's really interesting about depression and anger, you know, depression makes you sit down and do nothing, want to do nothing, but anger really drives you to push. And you're having, you were having this tugging tug of war with your own emotions. And you finally said, okay, I'm giving to my anger to get this business plan up and running. So what did that plan look like for you in your fit of rage? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just knew that I had to be better about communicating and pre-educating my client. And so that's what I did. I really made a system for myself so that every client went through the same thing from beginning to end. Every client knew what to expect from me, uh, what they needed to bring to the shoot, what they needed to, you know, how it worked beginning, middle, end. Um, and that really it just really took a lot of the guesswork out of it. And it took a lot of the pressure out of it because they knew what they needed to do. And I knew what I needed to do. Okay. Yep. That makes, that makes sense. And, um, was, was anything at stake when you were, when you were writing this plan? Um, so did you feel like there was some risk involved in having to change a bit of the model, even though you knew it was the right direction? Yes. I actually tripled my prices. Um, and so it was, there was a lot of at stake. I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to book anybody again. Um, but the opposite happened. It actually attracted a whole new type of clientele and they were happy to pay those prices. And I was happy to provide uh, a higher level of service to them. And so it really was like a trade of value for value 
and it worked out amazingly. And I think that's really that, that whole decision is what really set my business apart. Yep. Okay. These are really great results. And, um, I do want to go back a little bit though, because it, it probably wasn't an overnight success. Um, so you, you decided to triple your prices. You decided to work with some new clients. Um, how are you feeling going into this, this new, um, this new market strategy, I guess the day after you wrote that plan. <laughs> I, I, I was super nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was, you know, I was, I thought, what have I done? Like, no one's going to actually book me. Um, I'm sure I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure there were several days where I heard crickets and didn't book anything. And I was probably really freaked out, but all it really took was one person to say, yes, like I, I'm, you're worth it. And I'm going to book you at that. And that gave me the confidence to just keep going. Um, and I really have such amazing clients there. They refer other people to me. So I would have, you know, I had a great client. She would refer another great client. So it just kind of was like a domino effect from that point on. Yep. So you had the power of referrals at the, at the, at the beginning of that new sub journey. That's really exciting. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it only really, like you said, it only maybe took one or two people get good results after that business plan. Um, And then how many years, was that going on for that particular sort of business model up until today? Yeah, I still use it. I mean, of course I've tweaked it a little bit and um, you know, prices go up every once in a while, but it's pretty much almost identical to, to that same day that I made it. So. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and what, what, what were the, what were the new type of people you're attracting um, in the process because of these, uh, this new sort of model? They, I think the main thing about them is they see the value in professional photography. Some people don't, and that's okay. You know, that's not for them, but I want to attract people that do see the value and the importance of having, uh, you know, beautiful photos for their business, their online, you know, presence. Um, and I think that's what that did. Just the, not just the pricing, but also the level of service that I brought to the new type of shoot that really attracted that type of person for me. Yep. And then, um, that must've given you a lot more confidence as well in your ability to take really good photos. I imagine, which, which then, uh, translated into results and then boosted even more confidence in this ever going cycle. Now, was it, was it all good times for the years to come? Cause we spoke before this on the call and that you live in Boise, Idaho and that occasionally there's events in Boise where, you know, your ideal customer avatar is just in town, perfect timing. Um, but maybe the, yeah. was there times where there's a lot of, there were dry spells and you, and you just like maybe had no referrals for a while and had a few doubts about stuff. Yeah. So we moved here. I mentioned to you, we moved here five years ago. So I really, that was about halfway through my business. I really had to start over. Um, so when we moved here, I didn't really know anyone and no one really understood exactly what kind of photography I did. And so I really had to rebrand myself again, almost, um, and start calling them headshots and instead of portraits. And that, that really is what broke me through, but it took me about two years to really build a city clientele out here. So it was kind of rough going for those first two years out here. Okay. Let's get into those first two years. 
Because <laughs> they were hard. <laughs> we, can't, we can't just have a story that's all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. We've got to have, like, you're on the way up. You're on the way up. You're doing really, you stumbled a bit and then you started doing really well. And then we went to yeah. Boise and then, um, you know, a few hiccups along the way. So, um, what was, like, for instance, can you, can you tell me time uh, that you felt like nothing was working? Uh, was it just like a photo, like the photos were just coming out wrong? Maybe they were bad clients again. Um, I'd just love to hear maybe, maybe a quick story from that. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, there was kind of like no clients. Um, so <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know how to, you know, organically build that same, uh, kind of clientele that I had. So, uh, you know, I, I did a couple shoots and they were fine, but nobody was like really sending people my way. So it was really difficult. Like, to be a hundred percent honest with you, I, that was probably like the two hardest years of my life because I was like, first of all, what have I done by moving, by like leaving my safe place <laughs> where my business was thriving. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, at that point I was like the main, uh, income breadwinner. And so I was like, how, you know, I had so much pressure, like, how am I going to get this back up and running? So I had a lot of dark days. I had a lot of days where I thought about going and getting a day job. Like it was rough. <laughs> right. Okay. So you, you mentioned a very important point there that now you became the breadwinner. Now you were um, main income source in your family. Okay. Um, so what happened on those days where, you know, that there was, there was nothing. Um, I want to hear a bit of the drama and the tension that was going on inside of the home. <laughs> well, it was, I don't know, just depressing. I think most of the pressure was me being hard on myself. But at, at this point, we have, we have four kids. So I had four kids at this point. Um, and because we moved, my husband was also looking for a job. So it was like, it was just dark days of how are we going to put food on the table? You know, how are we going to afford if somebody has an emergency, we have to go to the doctor. Like all of those things were weighing on me so heavily that it was really difficult. It, that made it difficult for me to want to put myself out there because I was, I was kind of retreating like from life. <laughs> yep. Yep. So not being able to put food on the table, man, that is a lot at stake. And you have, you had four kids at time or three at that time? Four. So, yep. We have four at the time, still have four. And it was a lot of, a lot of pressure. That's a lot of people to be in charge of and responsible for. <laughs> so what, what sort of uh, um, character values or something in your head must have changed mindset wise to be able to pull that pressure off into a positive? Um, I think again, for me, it was just making the right connection. So getting myself out, um, even, you know, just at networking events, which I'm not that's not something I typically do, but I just kind of was like, I have to suck it up and do things that I don't normally do because I'm in a whole new, you know, whole new world here. Um, so for me, it was like a lot of doing things that made me uncomfortable. (laughs) Okay. So getting uncomfortable, going to networking events. Um, what was that feeling like when you went inside one of those networking events? Oh my gosh, I am not that kind of person. I'm an introvert. So for me, it's like really extremely difficult. Um, it's hard for me to even just like approach people and talk, especially about my business. But I think as I, as I continue to go to the same ones, I started to recognize people and they, they would ask me what I did. And so that's really how I got the word out. It was just like very slowly 
because it took me two years, <laughs> I probably could have done it a little bit faster, but that's really what it was. It was just making actual genuine one-on-one -on -one connections with people. Yeah. So that was the major, major tipping point, getting to know people, networking around mm -hmm. Boise, and then um, all started to go really, really good. That what was, what, um, could you tell me maybe what was that really big win that then skyrocketed everything else from there to that led to today? Yeah, I, um, I had a shoot and I was renting a studio by the hour at the time. Like I didn't have my own studio and I just hit it off with this woman. She was amazing. And she happens to be Yada Golden, who is in the ClickFunnels world. And she just told everybody about me. And so that's really how I started shooting a lot of the ClickFunnels people. Um, and then that, that really was the tipping point of like that word of mouth, just people starting to spread the word for me. And then shortly after that, I got my own studio, which I've had for almost two years now. I've never had that before. I've always shot out of my home or someone else's studio. So this is the first time I had my own actual studio and it was, it's amazing. I love it. Have your own studio, click funnels, people referring you like crazy. Um, did your photos at all develop into something unique or, or, or is this, um, you know, they'll probably pretty much the same, but it was more just like the business side that, it, that really grew. I think, I think my photos also evolved as well. And I think, um, what helps my photos be a little bit different is I love marketing and branding. I love that side of business. Whereas a lot of photographers are just focused on the actual photos. And so for me, doing headshots and branding images, I'm able to like marry both of those worlds together. And I'm able to visualize how these people are going to use these images, you know, in Facebook ads or on their website. And so that really kind of evolved as I started to shoot more and more of those types of people, because I would see how they were using the images. And then I could think ahead for the next shoot, like, Hey, you might need this for, you know, a website banner or something like that. So I think that that just shooting more and more of those people has helped my work evolve um, and stand out from maybe some other headshot photographers. Yeah. So instead of you being someone who just takes a headshot and just hands it to them, they can use in their LinkedIn, you've developed into this photographer that can see the story of their marketing um, play out before it's even happened and then um, just adapts to that person. Is that, would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's probably the, the thing I hear most um, from people is like, you captured the real me, like you captured how I want to portray myself um, for my business. And I'm, because I went through those years of learning how to pre-educate and communicate back in the day, I now am like, we plan it out so much ahead of time that it's very strategic on how we're shooting. I don't just show up with my camera and start shooting you. It's like, I already know ahead of time who you are, what your business is and how you're going to use these. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And one of the last things I want to ask you is, um, so as this brand new photographer, um, and people are coming in, what, what, what's sort of, what's their feeling like before they get their photo taken? How do people feel before they get their vote taken? They're yep. super nervous. <laughs> um, they're super stressed. They're super nervous. Um, and I think 
you know, that's another reason why I'm so big on pre-educating because the more we can pre-educate, the less nervous they are. But their photo taken. I haven't met anybody that's like, I love having my picture taken. <laughs> and then after that photo shoot, what, what's, what's that feeling you give them? Oh my gosh. I, I love hearing them just be like so excited to see the pictures and say, is that really me? Um, and it really is them. They just need to see themselves, you know, in a different way. And I, I love being able to give that to them. It's like a gift. It's like here, this is actually you look how awesome you are. (laughs) And was that that feeling that you've, you've always carried since day one of, um, trying to start your photography journey? pushing you through all this, this, this bull crap. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it really is the best feeling. And so, you know, for every, you know, a complainer or a bad client, there's 8 million other clients that have had such a great experience. And, you know, they say like, you made the photo shoot fun. And that makes me so happy because it should be fun. It shouldn't be like this scary, daunting task. And so to actually have a good time while we're shooting. I, I love that. That makes me so happy. That's, that's, that's absolutely awesome. Um, Aaron, great way to wrap up the, your uh, origin story. Thanks for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. Um, where's the best place my audience can find you if they want to get their headshot taken or if they just want to get to know more about you? Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Um, they can check out ebpersonalbranding.com. That's my website. And um, yeah, I would love I would love to meet any of you and photograph any of you. <laughs> If you go to Boise, Idaho for your next thing, have some waffles, have some chips. Yep, she's going to be there. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Aaron. Thank you. Hey, so I hope this episode was nice and entertaining for you. Um, If you want to go check out Aaron, so... She can, you can get, if you're in Boise, you can get some photos taken. Uh, You go to uh, blackwellphotocollective.com. Or if you want to try and level up your own personal uh, branding, portrait photography, you want to go to ebpersonalbranding.com. And also, I think this is really relevant in uh, now that we're all cooped up at home. Erin's uh, also left a little freebie on the definitive guide on how to stop being unphotogenic. Uh, so especially if you're trying to look at creating your own photos, you obviously can't fly to Boise right now. Um, you want to get starting some good photos for whatever it is, ads, website, banners, that's a little treat for you. Anyways, that's it for this week on Storytelling Secrets. I'm going to see you Monday next week. Please stay safe, stay indoors, all that good stuff. But more importantly, get your butt off your chair. Start working on those side projects. Start drafting those stories um, and start testing them in your marketing. And of course, have empathy. Anyways, that's it. This is Jules Dan. See you later.